three um, incidences in the scripture where that scripture from Genesis chapter 15, um, Abraham believed God and it was counted for him for righteousness, was quoted in the New Testament, right? So that was last week. Today, um, it just seems appropriate we talk about a similar scripture in the Old Testament that quoted in the New Testament three times as well, and surprisingly, a couple of times in connection to that scripture that we used last week, and Abraham believed God, and it was counted for him for righteousness. So let's turn to the book of Habakkuk, chapter 2, and we're going to read verse 4, Habakkuk 2, 4. It's in the notes I'm giving you, so, um, but Habakkuk is one of the minor prophets in the Old Testament. So we're going to read verses uh, 2 to 4 from Habakkuk chapter 2. But really, we're going to stop at the very, very end of um, verse 4. So here is what the word of the Lord is saying. I'm going to give you guys a minute to get there if you were getting it in your Bible. Habakkuk 2, 2 to 4. Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end it will speak and it will not lie, though it tarries. Wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. Behold the proud, his soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by faith. Let's all read that last part out loud all together. The just shall live by faith. So let's look into the context where that phrase was mentioned in the book of Habakkuk. And then we'll see... Um, how this scripture was quoted in the New Testament. Okay, this is what we're going to do today. Number one, let's look at the context. Well, what does this phrase mean in the book of Habakkuk when it was quoted there? So, the book of Habakkuk is only actually three chapters. By the end of this part of chapter 2, all what we read so far from chapter 1 and chapter 2 up to that point is... Habakkuk is asking God a question, and God is answering Habakkuk back. That's what has been going on so far up till that part of chapter 2. So in Habakkuk 1, 1 to 4, Habakkuk was asking God, the question I'm paraphrasing here, God, how come there's so much wickedness around us? That, That was the question that Habakkuk was asking. So God answered Habakkuk in verses 5 to 11 of chapter 1, and there is what God said. He he said, I will raise up the Chaldeans to punish the wickedness of Israel. So God replied back, it's like, yeah, Habakkuk, I know it's a lot of wickedness, but judgment is come. I'm raising up the Chaldeans, and they're going to punish the wickedness of Israel. That answer from God triggered another question from Habakkuk that we read about from chapter 1, verse 12. And then up till chapter 2, verse 1. And that's when our passage will start after that. Habakkuk asked God the second question. is like, but God, how can you allow a wicked nation like the Chaldeans to be an instrument to punish Israel, which is still, in spite of their own wickedness, more righteous than the Chaldeans? Does that make sense? So Israel is living in sin. 
in wickedness against God, but the Chaldeans are far more wicked, far more wicked than the children of Israel. So when God told uh, Habakkuk, I'm going to use the Chaldeans to punish Israel, Habakkuk is like, but God, how can you do that? How can you use a nation that is more wicked uh, than Israel to punish Israel for their sin? It's like nowadays, uh, best analogy, how is ISIS trying to take out Bashar al-Assad? So Bashar al-Assad is a, a tyrant, a, a wicked man in himself, but somehow God is using ISIS, which is even more wicked than him, to try to take him out. It's a similar analogy. So that was, was going on up till chapter 2, verse 1. Habakkuk was asking that question and struggling with it. So God comes back with the answer to Habakkuk, and that's the passage we just read. From verse 2 till verse 4 of chapter 2. Pretty much God was saying to Habakkuk this. I'm just going to paraphrase here. God is saying, Habakkuk... I know it might not make sense to you. You just have to trust me on this one. Okay? It's saying, just write down the vision. Write down everything I'm telling you because my word will come to pass. And even though it doesn't make sense to you, you just have to trust me for it. And that's why he came in, chapter, in verse 4. God is telling Habakkuk, Behold the proud, the one who's arrogant, who doesn't want to listen to me. His soul is not upright in him. He's never going to listen to me or trust me. But then the just, the one who's right with me, that just shall live by faith. What God was telling Habakkuk is this, even though it might not make any sense to you in the natural realm, even though it doesn't make sense to you that the Chaldeans are used to punish Israel, yet you trust me for this one. You shall live by faith, not by sight. Don't look to what is around you, just trust that I am good, and I am able, and I am in charge. Even though it doesn't make any sense to you, you just have to trust me for this one. And God told Habakkuk, just, that's you Habakkuk, trust me, you should live by faith, and trust me every single day of your life. And it looks like Habakkuk listened to what the Lord was trying to tell him, because here is how he closes the whole book in chapter 3, verses 17 to 19. Okay, this is the song that Habakkuk closed his book. This is what he said. Though the fig tree might not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, even though he's saying, even though everything is going wrong, verse 18, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will still trust him. I will still live by Faith. I will still rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. Even though nothing makes sense around me, He is still my rock. I will make my He, he will make my feet like deer's feet, and He will make me walk on my high hills. This is what is, uh, Habakkuk said at the very end. So he ended up really listening to what the Lord was trying to tell him, and he decided to trust God in spite of everything that he's seeing with his own eyes that doesn't make any sense to him. Amen. So that's the context of the just shall live by faith in the Old Testament in Habakkuk chapter 2. Now, very, very, very interesting. That phrase, the just shall live by faith, in Hebrew is actually three words only, you know. I mean, even in English, just live and faith. It's just different variation. But in Hebrew, it's only three words. Brother Emmanuel, maybe some of this might ring a bell to you. Yeah, Sadiq. Yeah, uh, Sadiq, do you have that word? Yeah, Sadiq is the same in Arabic, in the Hebrew. 
Hayat and Imano, faith. So, Iman, exactly. So all these three words, righteous, the just one, live, and faith. That is the three words that actually compose that phrase in Hebrew. And even in English, it's just different variation in the verb and the tense of that three words. Now, this scripture was quoted how many times in the New Testament? Three. Three times. You have the study guide, so help me. Let's cheat a little bit. But every time, here's how it's very interesting. Every time a quote in the New Testament of that phrase, three times, each time the, the author in the New Testament is focusing on one of the words of the three. Does that make sense? So, in, in Romans, that's the, well, in Galatians, that's the first, it's not an order or anything like that. Galatians 3.11, Romans 1.17, Hebrews 10.38. That's the three times that this phrase was quoted in the New Testament. Twice by Paul. And the third time is by the writer of the, or the author of the book of Hebrews. And every time there is a quote of this scripture, the focus is only one word of the three. So in Galatians, Paul focused on the word just. In Romans, Paul focused on the word live. And then in Hebrews, the author of Hebrews fo- focused on the word faith. Okay? So each time the scripture was quoted, there was a certain focus on one part only of that phrase. So let's dig in. Let's try to read the context of these three times and see what the authors of the New Testament under the guidance of the Holy Spirit was trying to teach us from that phrase. Amen? First incidence, Galatians 3.11. Here is where the scripture was quoted. I'm going to read out that context. So we're going to read verse 10, 11, and 12. Here is what Paul said. For as many as are of the works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, cursed is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law. To do them. But that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident for. How you support that Paul? For, here is his quote. The just shall live by faith. And then verse 12, yet the law is not of faith, but the man who does it shall live by it. Okay? So, the background. We touched base on that last week a little bit. In Galatia, in that church, the believers of that church say that we can be justified by the grace of God through faith, but then we have to continue, do good works, so we can complete our justification. So they're trying to bring their own deeds, their own righteous acts, alongside faith, so they can be made right and justified before God, right? So Paul wrote that letter back to them to to say this is not true. And the whole point of the letter is this, that justification is by faith alone, through grace alone, and you cannot do any works to make yourself right with God, right? And in order for Paul to support his theology and his proof that justification is by faith alone, we read that part, you know, to support his idea. And in that part, he's referencing the Old Testament. And he's saying, guess what, guys? The fact that justification is by faith alone, through grace alone, it is not just a New Testament idea. It's also found in the Old Testament. Last week, we read about the example of Abraham, right? And how he was justified before God. How? By Faith. He trusted God and God credited his righteousness or his justification into Abraham's account, right? Now, in that passage right here, 
verses 10, 11, and 12, Paul is still using Old Testament examples to show the church that justification is still by faith alone through grace alone. So in these three verses, he actually put three different scriptures from the Old Testament to support his point. Okay? Verse 10, when he said, For as many are, as many as all of the work of the law are under a curse, for it is written, Curse is everyone who does not continue in all things that is written in the book of the law to do them. That's actually a quote from Deuteronomy 27, 26. That's verbatim from there. Deuteronomy 27, 26. So what is Paul trying to tell us here? This is very interesting. If you go back to the book of Deuteronomy, and read what was going on in that chapter. God commanded the children of Israel to go to two mountains on two sides and a valley in the middle. And then he asked uh, six tribes to stand on one mountain called Mount Jerusalem. That's called the Mount of, of Blessing. And then six other tribes to stand on the, the mountain that is opposed to it called Mount Ebal, which is the Mount of Cursing. Okay? And then the Levites will stand in the valley between these two mountains. And the Levites will read the words of the law. Okay? You guys follow me so far? Okay. So it's like even our setting right here. There is mountain on the right, mountain on the left, and there is a valley in between. On the right, there are six tribes on a mount of blessing called Jerusalem. On the other side... There is six, the other six tribes on the mount called the Mount of Ebal, the Mount of Cursing, and the Levites in the middle reading the law. But if you go back to Deuteronomy 27 and see what the Levites were are reading, here is how it went. The Levite we say, Cursed is everyone who takes his, his neighbor's wife. And the whole 12 tribes say, Amen. Then the Levites will say, Cursed is everyone who covets his, way, his neighbor's donkey. And all the 12 tribes say, Amen. And then they say, curse is everyone who make an idol. For example, I'm just, not, not necessarily these orders, but just random examples. And the whole tribe say, amen. And they go through every commandment of the law. And they say, curse is everyone who does not obey that particular commandment. And every tribe of the twelve say, amen. And it concludes with verse 26. Here's what it does. Here's what the Bible says. The Levites read, Cursed is the one who does not confirm all the words of this law by observing them and all the people say, Amen. That was the conclusion of that passage. The Levites said, If you don't observe every single commandment of the law, you are cursed. And the people say, Amen. But you notice one thing in that passage. And that's what Paul was saying in Galatians. There is no blessing. All what was pronounced is, if you don't do it, you're cursed. But there is no such a thing as, blessed is the one who gave his neighbor some money. Or blessed is the one who lent his neighbor. This is not there. So what Paul was, you, follow, you guys are following me. Right? So what Paul was saying in Galatians chapter 3 verse 10, the one that we just read is this. The law doesn't bring any blessing. If you obey every commandment of the law, you're going to barely avoid the curse. You guys follow me? He's, there's no blessing in the law. You can obey every single commandment and God will say at the very end, well, you just did what I was expecting from you. Right? But if you fail in one of these commandments, you are under... A 
curse. So that's what Paul was saying here. He's saying, you're trying to be justified before God by the law, by trying to do good works to please Him. Guess what? The law does not bring blessing. The law brings a curse if you don't obey. There is no blessing in the law, even if you obey every single commandment. Amen? So that's verse 10. Now, so Paul was saying negatively, there's no blessing in the law that you can be justified by before God. But positively, He's quoting that scripture from Habakkuk, chapter 2, verse 4. And he's quoting that in verse 11. He's saying, the law, let's read verse 11 one more time. He's saying, but that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident. It is so clear. How do you know it is so clear, Paul? Because the Old Testament said that just shall live by faith. What Paul was doing here, he's just focusing on the word just. He's just stopping at that word. And that word actually can also mean that justified one. The one who has been already justified before the eyes of God. The justified one. So what Paul was saying here is this. That Old Testament scripture, the just shall live by faith, actually means that you can only be justified and come to life before God, only through faith. That's what Paul was saying here that this scripture of the Old Testament says. In other words, Paul was saying, the one, this scripture says this, the one who's now justified came to life only through faith, not by works. For the just is justified, the one who's now justified came only to life through faith. That's what he was saying in verse 11. And then he moved on to verse 12, and he said, verse 12, Yet the law is not of faith, but the man who work, who does these, shall live by them. And that's a direct quote from um, Leviticus 18.5. That's exactly what the Bible say there, that you should work so you can be made right with me, or you know, avoid a curse. That's what God said in the Old Testament. So do you guys see the first time the scripture was quoted here in Galatians? The focus here on the first word, the just one. The one who has been justified. The one who has been made right with God. The one who has been vindicated in a court in front of the law. He has been vindicated. This one can only come to find life through faith and faith alone, not by works. Amen? So that's the first incidence. The second incident the scripture was quoted is in Romans chapter 1, verses 16 to 17. And in that passage, Paul was focusing on a different word in that Old Testament passage. Now he's focusing on the word live. How can you live by faith? So he's focusing on the word live. And that is the two verses that um, clung in the mind of Martin Luther and triggered the whole reformation. These two verses right here. When it made sense to, the, to that uh, Catholic monk, the whole reformation started and the blessing just was poured out in all the earth. So let's read these two verses and see what Paul was trying to tell us about how can you live by faith in these two verses. So verse 16, Romans 1, 16. Here's what Paul said. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's like, you know what? I'll preach the gospel any given day. It doesn't, doesn't bother me. I'm not ashamed of it. Why, Paul? For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. I know I speak for myself. I misquote this scripture. I used to misquote this scripture all the time. 
I would pray and say, God, save souls because you say that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. But the Bible doesn't just say the gospel is the power of God unto salvation, period. What does the whole verse say? It says that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation to the whole world? No. To only those who believe. So what Paul was saying here that there is tremendous power in the gospel to save the lost. But this power will never be effective unless people believe. Amen. It's like this massive electricity generator that has so much horsepower in it that can actually turn the whole city, turn the light on the whole city. But unless the switch is on, all this power is going to be still useless. Does that make sense? And that's what Paul was saying here. There is so much power in the gospel to save, but only those who believe, these are the ones who are going to take advantage of that power of the gospel. So he's saying, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and then to the Greek. And then he said, listen to this, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed. Why are you not ashamed, Paul? Because in the gospel you can find the imputed righteousness of God that can only be found by faith. You can only find that news in the gospel. And there is power in the gospel to infuse that righteousness into the life of every single sinner and make them right with God. Amen? For the righteousness of God is revealed. And listen to what he's saying. From? From? Faith, faith to? Faith. From what? Faith to? Faith. faith. And then to support that part, that the righteousness of God is from faith to faith, he quotes that Old Testament prescript, uh, scripture, for at it is written, the just shall live by faith. So what are you trying to tell us, both From faith to faith, and to support that, he's quoting that Habakkuk scripture. So here is what Paul was saying. He's saying, you know you are justified before God by faith. When you trust Jesus and Jesus alone for the salvation of your soul, when you repent and turn around and come to Jesus and say, God, I'm sorry, forgive me and change me. That is faith, number one, that can save you and change your life and change your heart. All right. But this faith that saves leads you to a different kind of faith by which you live every single day. From the faith of salvation to the faith of your daily living. That's what Paul was saying. You know why? You know why you're only justified by faith and you need faith every single day in your walk with God to live? You know why? Because the just shall live by faith. From the saving faith to the daily faith, you live only by faith. So Paul here is focusing on the word live. From the faith that gives you life to the faith that sustains your life every single day you need faith to live. Amen? And that's why he said from faith to faith as it is written the just shall live by faith. What Paul was saying here is this. Faith is not just the mean of justification. It's only the mean of sanctification. Amen? You don't need just faith to be made right with God. You need faith to walk with God every single day of your life as a justified person now. Amen? So in that passage, Paul was focusing on the word. Now, not faith. Live. Life. Live. Yes. So let's recap so far. In Galatians, he focused on the word. 
just, justified. How can you be justified before God, the justified one? In Romans, he's focusing on the word live. The saving faith leads you to that daily faith. From, sant- from justification to sanctification, it's faith, 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 faith. That's how you live. Amen? Now, the last time this scripture was quoted in the New Testament, that would be in the book of Hebrews. And that would be verse 10, chapter 10, verse 32 to 39. And the focus here, guess what's going to be on? The word? Faith. Exactly. With it just, with it live. Now, let's focus on how the New Testament focuses on the word faith. So, here is what the author of Hebrews is telling the people, the believers at that time. Here is what he says, verse 32. But recall the former days. He's telling them, remember the old times. The former days in which after you were illuminated, after the light came on and you received Christ, after you were illuminated, you endured a great struggle with suffering. You faced so much persecution. Partially while you were made as practical both by reproach and tribulation. It's just... Looking at the severity of the persecution that these believers endured. Both by reproach, mocking them, and by tribulation, they were made a spectacle before everybody that they're going to be mocked and reproached because of the sake of Christ. And partially while you became companions of those who were treated so. And then verse 34, for you had compassion on me in my chains and joyfully, look at this, this is amazing, joyfully accepted the plundering of your goods. I don't know about you, that's, that takes some guts. For somebody to plunder you, take your stuff, take your money, and you'll be happy about it? I mean, if they're more powerful than you, they're going to take it anyway. It's just the happy part that kind of hard to digest here, you know. And you were joyfully, you were happy that your stuff was plundered. Knowing that, why? Here is why they were happy. Knowing that you have a better and enduring position for yourselves in heaven. Amen, brother. That's just good scripture. Verse 35. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence. Now he's encouraging them to keep on persevering. So he's saying, do not cast your confidence with which has a great reward for you have need for endurance so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. He's like, keep going on. There's a better reward for you in heaven. And then verse 37, he's quoting the Old Testament now. For a little while, for yet a little while, and he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Verse 38. Now, here's our scripture from the Old Testament from Habakkuk. The just shall live by faith. But everyone draws back. My soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. Amen? So what Paul, what, not Paul, what the author of Hebrews is saying here is this. I know you're being persecuted, and I know it doesn't make any sense to you. You're trusting Jesus. You're doing the good thing. You're doing the right thing. But it, the life is just keep throwing at you tribulation and suffering and approach and all bad things. And this is very difficult for you. But just like Habakkuk, remember this. The just shall live by faith. And in spite of everything that is coming your way, you need to trust God. He is good and he is able and he is just going to take care of it. It doesn't matter what's going through you, life. It doesn't matter if it makes sense to you or not. You just have to trust God because this is the only way you can live. The just shall live how? By faith. faith. 
And I know for a lot of us, there's a lot of things that can come our way that doesn't make any sense. Sickness, for example. Um, money, for example. Problems. Trouble here or there. God, why me? That's the wrong question. It's like, God, I don't know why it's me. I don't care why it's me. But here is what I'm going to do. I'm going to trust you no matter come my way. Amen? I know that you're good because of who you are, not because of what you do. Amen? And I'm going to trust you through it. And I know you're going to see me through it. And even if you don't, I'm just going to trust you anyway. Why? Because the just shall live by faith. Amen? The just shall live by faith. You can only be justified by faith. You can only live by faith. And then faith is the only currency that God can accept in his, in his uh, economic. Amen? I mean, right after that in Hebrews 11, the whole chapter is about what? Faith. The author of Hebrews just keep going on giving them examples of how the saints of the Old Testament endured by faith. Amen? What's the point of the message today? The just shall live by Let's all 